Oh, hey there, folks. This is your host, Kate Gaffney of Surface from Hell, and I am jumping on to let you know this is a listener letter episode. Finally, it's been a really long time since we've done your emails, and we wanted to get in your ears with your questions or at least your stories. Uh, a couple wild ones this week, and we're super grateful for all of the emails that we do get. Sorry that we've been sitting on these for a while. If you've been listening for your letter, I promise I read all of the emails. The email to submit your story is servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. So we really appreciate your patience, but also we really appreciate these emails. So let's get on with the show. Okay. Our first listener letter this week comes from, they signed it T&D of Los Angeles. And uh, they didn't ask us a question. They more wrote a story. And uh, it's a little bit of vindication for me, which I didn't know I needed. So I'm just going to read their story. Thank you, TND, for submitting. Dear Kate, well, it's finally happened. We got chased to our cars. Let me explain. Last night, we went out to a restaurant bar in Hollywood that also serves as a performance venue. We don't want to say the name because the manager caught what happened and handled everything, but we'll, te- we'll tell the rest of the details. We- but we'll tell the rest of the details. I promise I read this before I started recording. So we were out for a nice evening and had the goal of cocktails, dinner, and then home. We aren't rich, but we also do well enough for ourselves that we can go out on Friday nights as a couple. At the time we left our house, we were really excited to just relax. Our reservations were for 7 p.m. and we arrived right then. As we were seated, the hostess made certain to tell us, quote, I'll notify your server that you're here, end quote, which we thought was weird, but we didn't really make a note of it. A man with a, oh, I got to learn how to read. A man with water filled up our cups and we waited there to order what we really wanted, booze. (laughs) Since we were seated around 7 p.m. when we still had not seen our server or even had a drink order put in by 725, we were annoyed. My wife said she was going to go see if she could find out what was going on. And so she went to the bathroom and looked for the hostess. When she got back, she told me that she she told the hostess about what was happening. The hostess was clearly embarrassed and said, quote, I promise I told her that she has a table that sat, end quote. And my wife assured her that it was fine. We just wanted to order drinks. The hostess said, I'll for sure go find her. A server came over a few minutes later, but was not apologetic, did not rush and started her greeting with, quote, you guys know what you want, question mark. And that was that. That was that. We thought we were going crazy. This was a nice place and this felt deliberate. We then went on to have to find her three more times. Three more times? Question mark, question mark. We had to find her in order to carry out every round of our subsequent meal. We didn't get out of that location until 11 p.m. And we had to keep telling our sitter, quote, sorry, we're going to be a little later than we thought, end quote. So the shorter version of this is that we placed our order, got one round of drinks, had really excellent food that was paired with a very saucy server. I like puns. Me too. And then we were handed a bill. Anyone with kids can confirm this. When we get one night out away from the kids, when you get one night out away from the kids, you cherish it and need it to be perfect. We weren't expecting them to roll out some sort of red carpet for us, but it was a bad experience and the only person that seemed to care was the hostess. A manager had to see that we had nothing on our table but water for almost 30 minutes. We would have... we would have left and gone to another place, but the but to the valet the car again, go out in the very rainy Los Angeles night, and then have to start the whole process again wasn't worth it. That is so real. <laughs> that is so real. And I don't have kids. So before you ask why we didn't leave, that was why. Rain and kids. So now, leading up to the story, so now we have to pay the bill. We aren't trying to get anyone fired, but for the cost of this bill, a 20% tip would have been around $70 to $75 for the meal. My wife and I listen to your show, and we know that 20% is a mid-range tip, but it is still generous. After a meal that was littered with so much anger that we had to find the server more than once, and that we had to find the server more than once, we were debating about tipping at all. We decided to leave 20 bucks and call it. We were annoyed at leaving even that. 
Then we walked out to the valet. We never saw the server again after we left the money on the table, so we just left. However, then we saw the server run into the parking lot looking for us, apparently, and started screaming at us at full volume about not being allowed to go out if we didn't understand how tipping worked. I ended up saying, you need to stop yelling and explained that her service was worthy of actually no tip. My wife was mortified and started to take cash out of her purse, but I stopped her. Why we are writing in is because we've heard you say that you worked with servers that chased people out to their cars over tips and we didn't believe you. We're sorry for not believing you. That's okay. (laughs) And we also know what you're going to ask. So we'll just tell you, no, we did not give her more money. And yes, the manager did come out and say she needed to go back inside. But that same manager really didn't do much to say anything to us. We thought you were making this up. We're very sorry. We believe you now. T&D Los Angeles. Um, they, and there's no, unfortunately there were no like side details. So I don't actually know. Uh, I couldn't even guess what this restaurant was, but, uh, just off the top, just to, even though I interrupted myself when I was reading this, it is so real when it is raining in Los Angeles to even muster up the energy to go out. Also when there's a valet experience, the thought of doing that again at a different location is exhausting. And I totally understand this is why New York is so much easier to go out in because you're just walking everywhere anyway. So if someone's shitty to you, you're like, Oh deuces, I'm going to go literally next door. So yeah, part of the, the, I don't know where you get hamstrung in Los Angeles is where, where you have to drive somewhere, park, pay for the parking and then it's raining because we just don't we're, we're we don't do well in the rain in los angeles uh well thank you for saying that you believe me now um i didn't believe because i had been told when i first started working at that comedy club i had been told that oh yeah there's a couple servers that will chase customers if they don't pay enough or if they don't tip at all And I understand if you walk out on a bill, I'm going to also try and find you because I don't want to get saddled with that bill. But also, like, I I don't I don't know that I would chase. I mean, I know I actually do know I would not chase someone after no tip. I mean, there's just so many times I got stiffed working there and it's like I don't have the energy to chase every single person that doesn't tip. Also, you give subpar service when sections are huge. You just do. That's the way that it goes. And so I, for me personally, I feel like it's not a move that I would, would not only would I not recommend it, but also I think it's a pretty dangerous move because you also don't know like if that person that you're about to accost is as unhinged as you are and, or more unhinged as you and has a weapon in their car or on their person, a gun, a knife, you know, whatever mace, you know, this experience could become so much more heightened And, you know, obviously I'm only getting one side of the story, but regardless, regardless, even if T and D had been rude, which they're listeners of the show, so they were probably not, I assume, I know they weren't, but even if they had been rude, chasing someone out to their car to say they need to give you more money when they've paid for the bill is, it is a level of unhinged that I was pretty crazy by the end of my time at that comedy club. And I wasn't that level of unhinged. I just like, that's crazy to me. I don't know. I wish I could. I mean, I will try and do a follow up with them. Um, They sent this email in. uh, Actually, they sent, I think theirs came in last week. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. But, you know, they're not really asking me for any feedback. They were just saying, hey, you're not a liar. So I, I just am kind of floored that that behavior continues, to be frank. I, I don't understand 
putting yourself in a position as a server where you've not only put yourself at risk, but also you have colored the experience for your guests in that way. I've waited on terrible people. I've been confrontational with people, but over them, like the most confrontational I was besides with the girls that assaulted me was with that couple that walked out on their bill. If you go back and listen to uh, Kate Gaffney did not brew you decaf. I have a three part series on my own show where I talk about this story. But the only time I was really confrontational was that guy that walked out on, I think it was a $250 bill and that I was about to have to pay and then came back when Chris Rock was in the room and tried to sneak in because he had given me a bunk card. And I made sure that they were not only kicked out, but also that the story was straight about what was true and what wasn't true because he fully lied. I understand, you know, tips are rent, you know, tips are how you live your life. And again, we've had so many episodes where I talk about tips being a gift and how, you know, the system is flawed and I've talked to everyone about it. So I know that that's boring for our longtime listeners. But in a situation like this, you even leaving $20 is 20 more than it sounds like she really earned for that table because I don't think you should have to do backflips for tips, especially because this is the way that the culture is, is just, yeah, the restaurants get to pay you basically nothing. And then it's the job of the customer to float my life. But I, if you technically earn, should have earned zero because you had to be found for every round of food, you left that table sat for 30 minutes without acknowledging them and then gave them attitude as soon as you rolled up on the table I mean, I would have had a hard time leaving nothing, but I even think $20 is too much. Because if I did the math, I, I'm like assuming uh, this is probably like $300-ish bill. I mean, that's no, that's nothing to scoff at. You know, that's that's a lot of money because a 20% tip being around 70 would probably make that 350 is my guess. So I, you know, I mean, that's a pretty hefty bill. And assuming that that server doesn't just have a one table section, because it's not like it's a steak. Well, I don't know. But I'm assuming if you had to be found, it's not a steakhouse with, you know, a server, a server's assistant, a sommelier, you know, a bread person, a water person, you know, those steakhouses that have a job for each individual activity that will be happening at the table. That's its own experience. This sounds like It was just a standard sort of mid-range restaurant in the city of Los Angeles because it had valet and it cost 350 bucks or 300 or whatever. I, I don't know how I would have handled it, but the fact that the manager did not immediately come up to you, I mean, in the, in your letter, I'm going back and reading it. You said, we don't want to say the name because the manager caught what happened and handled everything, but you were careful not to say handled everything well. And I don't know how you consider that handling something when the manager it sounds like didn't really acknowledge you and your experience. It sounds like the manager just grabbed this psycho that was your server and said, come back inside, like go wait on other tables whilst you're behaving like this. I don't know. That to me is, it's pretty wild. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know how I would handle that if a server came out and yelled and I understand your wife's inclination to give more money because it is very embarrassing if someone runs outside and is like, you didn't pay me because it seems as though you as a couple have walked out on the bill and how that presents to other people that might be witnessing that experience. So I totally understand why your wife's inclination was, let me grab some money out of my, you know, my wallet to not have this experience escalate. But Wu Chile, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just not, I'm not in the business of getting people fired, but that's a person that has no business working at that place or at least needs significant time off. And if 
she is dealing with some personal crises or tragedy or whatever, it's it's time to take some days off work and get your life together because that's a wild, I just, that's a wild move. It's a really, really wild move. Um, so yeah, T&D, thanks for the vindication. I'm really sorry that they, you went through that. And I'm also really sorry that you had to keep telling your babysitter like, oh, we're going to be later. Oh, we're going to be later because I, I babysit still occasionally. And I can just tell you as a babysitter, when the when the parents say they're going to be back at 1030, especially when they have shithead children and they are not back by 1030 on the dot, you are annoyed, especially if the kids aren't going to bed or being terrible or, or you know, over 10 years old and you're still you're watching them and they're just like giving you attitude. I can just tell you the minutes pass by like hours. So that poor server. So see, even the you know, it's an interesting, it's like that unintended consequences or the trickle down effect of what happens when you have a bad experience in customer service, how many other things it affects, especially if you are a parent. It's kind of the 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 overall cost is more than just financial. Cause obviously, you know, you just spent conceivably almost four bills on a on a meal. You probably paid your your babysitter. I'm I'm guessing the standard is like twenty five to thirty an hour. You know, you probably that was like another hundred and fifty bucks or whatever. I just it's a that's a very expensive night out, and they did say in the letter they expect it to be perfect. What you're describing doesn't sound like you expected something out of the realm of what is normal. It sounds like you just wanted a nice night out. And I don't have kids, but I you know for my friends that do have young children who all say, you know, even I'll, they'll like make up an excuse to go to Target to pick up something that they quote unquote forgot just to get 20 minutes to themselves. I can't imagine how mad I would have been if this were my night out that I was paying across the board for. I think I would have just had, I think I would have had a strong reaction. So TND, I'm really sorry that that happened. Thank you for writing in. And, you know, <laughs> if you feel, if you feel squirrely, I won't say it on air, but you should email me the name of this place because I'm so curious. I have no idea because I don't go out to eat because it's too expensive. But I have a guess of probably the part of town where this is because I, you know, there's two parts of town where this this behavior happens pretty frequently. And yeah, I'm very curious. So when you listen to this, email me again and tell me where this was because I'm so curious. I also wonder as a manager how I would handle it. And I will say that not only would I separate this woman from being able to scream at the customers, but also I would absolutely comp that bill. I would find a way to have the corporation give them back their four bills that they just threw down for the experience. I, especially because they did mention in the letter that the manager had to have seen that they only had waters dropped at their table. And, you know, that's why they're, they, they do a lot of pooled houses now because of touch service of making sure that a table is taken care of. And it's not just the one server's job to have eyes on it. So I kind of get it. I hate a pooled house as everyone's heard me complain about on the show a hundred times, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, TND. Let's move on to the next letter. <laughs> okay, this is from Bob in Colorado. Thanks for sending in an email, Bob. It says, hey, Kate, do you know the actual quote for the customer is always right? I'll tell you, the actual quote is, quote, the customer is always right in matters of taste. What do you think this means and why? Thanks, Bob. I don't think we've covered this before, and I apologize if we have. Uh, I haven't done listener letters in a while, but I don't think we have. Okay, so I had to look it up. I do know, I, well, first of all, the answer is, I did know that the quote is not just the customer is always right. And I did, I did actually know that the full quote is the customer is always right in matters of taste because good managers of restaurants will reference this and say, 
if the customer says the soup isn't hot enough, you don't get to come back here and complain. The soup isn't hot enough for them. We'll get them a hotter soup. But if the customer comes back and says they've been abusive and obnoxious and they're not even talking about the food anymore, they're saying, you know, everything is wrong that is demonstrably false. That's when a customer is not right. So that's the 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 debate on this quote, Bob, as I'm sure you're aware, which is why you wrote this in. The debate around this quote is it the customer is always right is used as the quote that is referenced when people are like, well, suck it up in customer service. You just got to take it on the chin. And it's why a lot of people quit customer service. And it is, I think as of late, actually, which could be why you wrote this in, lately, there's been more of a conversation around, you know, no, that's a longer quote and the customer isn't always right. And I don't want to work somewhere where that's true. And we have to be able to have a voice too. We're not, you know, it's not indentured servitude. It's, it's a job. So... I looked it up because I wasn't, I I thought I knew. And so Marshall Field uh, of the the retail giant, he's actually credited with saying a different version of that. There's, There's several people that are credited with saying the customer is always right, period, end of sentence. And they were, you know, people in like the, like early days of retail. So there is someone who is credited as saying the customer is always right, end of sentence. So... There is a version of this quote, which is the customer is always right in matters of taste, but I could not, that's, they've debate about who's credited with actually saying that. And so there were several names that came up, but I will say Marshall Field is credited with saying right or wrong, the customer is always right. But he's also credited Marshall Field later in the article that I read. He's also credited with saying, quote, assume the customer is right until it is plain beyond all question he is not. So that's kind of that's kind of a version of the customer is always right in matters of taste. So it's it's saying the way I'm interpreting that is obviously, yeah, you know, customer's right. Great. High fives all around. However, there is a line in which they are not. And so, you know, I can say I can do the cheap thing that I do when I'm getting an iced coffee of saying like light ice or no ice or whatever, because coffee out here is $75 a cup or whatever. That's a cheap move to do. And I get that it's annoying because there's a standard, but that's my preference, right? And so the, the person could be thinking, well, just get a hot coffee. You'll get more coffee than anyway, but I prefer iced. I just don't like a lot of ice. And so that person could be annoyed that they have to break the pattern of how much ice they normally put in the cup. But them being overly angry about that is kind of insane. And that's where it's like, well, the customer's always right. I'm only saying this because it's my preference. You know what I mean? It's right because I like it. Everything else is wrong. Just kidding. But I think where this goes a bridge too far, there's, I mean, listen to any previous episode of the show where people have been screamed at or disrespected or, you know, called outside of their name or any of the ways that people have been totally abused. And that's when it's like, well, no, the, you don't, you don't get to go out into the world and have a customer service experience where your go- main objective is to be abusive full stop. And that I do feel as though there are people who go out into the world with a customer service experience with the maybe not conscious, but some sort of subconscious aim of like, I'm about to ruin this asshole's day. I'm going in. I've heard it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I mean, I don't think I've ever done it, but I'm sure I've given attitude to someone who didn't deserve it. But I, yeah, this quote is, uh, it's hotly debated. It comes up a lot. It's for sure in the zeitgeist of who said what and how they said it. But 
you know, even Marshall walked it back after he said right is right or wrong. The customer is always right. He then also later said, eh, but they're right until they're not, which is gray. I'm like, what does that mean? You're right until you're not like that's like being that's like saying I agree with you until I don't. I mean, it's essentially the same. So, yeah, I think that that quote is largely abused. I think it is used as leverage for uh, bad management. I think a bad manager would sit you down during an orientation and say, now remember our policy here is that the customer is always right because that's insane. And I don't think that the customer service worker is always right. I do think that they're, you know, this is, this is two human beings having an interaction and that's really complicated and people bring their own feelings to the situation. But I don't think that it's, there's not a, a way in which I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, this, that's right. This is a hundred percent. Like I blindly agree in, in one way or the other. So yes, Bob, thank you for sending that email in. Uh, I have, I, I, oh, I apologize. And then you said, what do you think this means and why? I'm assuming you mean the, the quote that the full quote credited, which is the customer is always right in matters of taste. So I think I did explain that just basically like if I like less ice or if the soup isn't hot enough, I am correct. But if I then start being abusive, I am no longer correct. So I think that's really what it means. And this is that gray though, because I don't know how you train this into people where you know, you can be deferential and you can be apologetic to the table and say, oh, I'm so sorry that this is, that has been your experience. Let's address it. Let me bring you something different. Let me get you what you want. But then the finesse of if that person then takes it a step further and is abusive and is terrible, where you then as the customer service worker get to say, and now I'm out. That's a really hard line to walk. And it all almost 100% of the time, I have found that it depends exclusively on management and who's in charge of me. That's it. I hope that answers your question, Bob. Thanks for emailing in. Uh, Marshall Field, you know, contradicted himself if what he is credited with saying he actually said. So leave it to men. Okay, that's rude. Anyway, <laughs> last question of the show today. Letter three said, and this is from my friend, Amy. Amy, thanks for writing in. Amy said, what do you hate the most about going out to eat? Like, what are your picadillos or the things that make you the most mad? Do you think that you're unfair to servers or bartenders? And if so, is it because you did the job? So I got to see Amy recently. Shout out to you. Uh, thanks for taking me to dinner. You're the best. And the first question you asked was, what do you hate the most about going out to eat? Expense. I am floored right now at how expensive it is, not just in LA. I was just all over the South of the, of the country going to various cities. And I was in new Orleans, Austin Flagstaff. Like I was all over the South of the country and I felt like I didn't at any moment think, Oh, I'm getting a relief from how expensive it is to live in Los Angeles. The only difference was gas. I felt every restaurant experience and we didn't have a lot because the people that I was with, we were like not trying to spend a thousand dollars on this trip. We, I just kept being, I would look at the bill and I'm like, how is it a hundred dollars every time I'm leaving the hotel to go get a meal? I, I like, we're not going to Michelin restaurants. We're not having, you know, a, like a booze filled experience. This would be like breakfast. And there was one, the cheapest breakfast I had in New Orleans was 75 bucks. And I got coffee and I got eggs. I'm not even, I mean like, yeah, that was more complicated than that. But I just was like, I don't understand how this keeps being so expensive. And so 
I would just say the cost, because then the problem is, is when the cost is that high, my expectations match that. So when I go, I, I often say this, I go to McDonald's for coffee a lot. And I don't expect Michelin service at McDonald's. They get the order wrong a lot. It's, you know, it's annoying. The prices change. I, they forget the straw, whatever. I don't get attitude with them nary, nary for a peep. I don't, I don't bark at them at all because it's McDonald's. They're, the volume of that place is insane. That's a really hard job. And also it's just coffee. It can't be that serious. But when I look at the base cost on a menu and I'm like, okay, so eggs and toast is $25. That's not avocado toast. That's not anything extra. That's a $25 base cost. And your drip coffee, which you have made abundantly clear on the menu multiple places, does not include free refills, which is also insane for those of us addicted to coffee. Your drip coffee doesn't have free refills. And the base cost of that is $8.50. That was in, and we went to a diner in Austin and that was, I looked at the drip coffee cost and I was like, this can't be real. And it said no refills repeatedly. It said you get one top off. And then for that $8.50, you got your cup and that was it. And I was just like, in what world is this true? So I would say my number one biggest pet peeve is, is, is cost because there's also, and it's, I can't remember which episode, but we do talk about, someone had emailed in about um, the the fee that's like, hey, we're making sure that our kitchen staff gets health insurance. You can have this fee removed though if you ask your server. And it's like, which person is gonna have that removed? I've gone off about that so many times. So now you've got a $25 base breakfast, an $8.50 cup of non-refillable black bean water, and then on top of that, there's a percentage service fee that goes to the back of the house. Then you have tax and tip. That's why every time I left my house, no matter where I was in the south of the country, I was throwing down 100 bucks. And that is where I get so that's just my head explodes when that happens, because then it's not it doesn't matter what kind of service you provide. It doesn't matter, you know, how fun you were as a server. It doesn't matter at all. My, I'm already annoyed that I know because they have to put at least uh, the places where I saw it, the various states where they had added. It's very common in L.A., but I saw it elsewhere. They have to put in the menu a service fee of this to give the back of the house a living wage, essentially, is going to be added. You can have it removed. So they have to put that on there before you, you know, pay the bill or whatever and get surprised. But I'm already mad right? Like I, I just, I'm like, you are asking me to spend so much more money so that the price and the European friends of mine have said this too. They're like, how come the price that things are at restaurants is never the price you end up paying? That's why they end up confused. And I'm like, oh, because there's all these sneaky little fees, including taxes. And so I would say number one, more so than anything else is the sneaky fee cost. And that this is, I'm about to have to throw it on a hundred bucks for this experience that is not the, the, the experience itself is not going to match the hundred dollars. Like I'm going to get better service for my $4 coffee at McDonald's than, than I would with this experience. So that it's just cause I feel like it's sneaky. If I'm getting a hundred dollars worth of an experience, which is all subjective. And I recognize that's really hard to quantify, but if I'm getting a hundred dollar experience, I'm like, cool. I don't, I, you know, if I'm going to that steakhouse and I'm going for the you know, there's a person whose sole job is to refill my water. Watch me throw down five bills when I'm rich. That's going to happen. It's happening soon. I would be happy to do that. But when you're charging a similar rate 
and I'm not having all of that and I can't get a fresh like a top more than one top off of my coffee I'm it just puts me on the defense of like okay what's this bill gonna be I'm sure I would feel differently if I had steady income or if I were really rich but just as a regular person operating in the world it makes me it frustrates me almost more so than anything else so that's the first thing speed of service also drives me nuts because I understand being overwhelmed as a server but if you're going to be slow or if you are overwhelmed, just come touch the table once and just be like, hey, I've got this whole section. I just got slammed. I promise I'm coming because then I don't ever think I won't have to think about you again. Then I won't be like, well, who's our server? Where are they? Do I have to get up? I'll just be like, cool. You know, Sarah came over and said she was going to be busy and she'll get us when she gets us. Great. Now I'm not thinking about you and I can dive into my friends and that, you know, or the experience that I'm on yeah, that that part. So like. Just if you're going to be slow, communicate it. Or if you're new and you're going to be slow, just say that. Just say that. Because then otherwise, then I don't have to think about you. That's the thing. I want to go into a restaurant and I don't want to have to think about if I'm going to be, uh, if I'm going to have zero dollars in my bank account after this experience or if you're not going to do your job and I just have to sit there. So that's, that makes me crazy. And then I'm making me wait for refills. And now if you're going to charge per refill on the coffee, which is insane to me then obviously I'll have to request it because I'm paying every time you refill the cup, which is insane. But yeah, it's just making me wait on refills. Speed of service this is all sort of the same thing. And then just being rude. I, I can't, I don't understand being in a customer service job and being rude. People have bad days, but if I've gone to your location more than once because you have something specific that I like, I, this, I'm thinking of a place in mind where I, they're rude every single time I go in there. And they have this one sandwich that I just really like. So I keep going back. But if I'm not at like that, that restaurant dicks where they're like rude on purpose and that's the like, that's the whole shtick or whatever. If I'm not going there, then I need you to not be rude because your whole everything has a like you want a tip. I'm not saying you have to, you know, beg for it. But at least pretend like this exchange isn't the most off-putting experience of your life. I'm like that. That part doesn't make sense to me at all. You can almost do anything else, though, like minus those. That's a pretty big list, though, that I've given Amy. <laughs> but like you almost can do anything else, because after that, if you've communicated, if you've kept my drink topped off and you're not an asshole, I'm not going to just make it so when I am in the restaurant, I don't have to think about you, which sounds so gross. I'm not saying don't interact with me or that you can't talk to our table or whatever. I don't mean that. I mean, don't make me think about your job because I've done your job. I do your job. I've been doing your job. And I know how easy it is to do certain touchstones of service. It's not easy to, if you forgot to put an order in or if the kitchen screws something up or if the chef, the, you know, the people in the kitchen are usually bitter and angry and they don't want no modifications, even though the computer allows us to do modifications, like they get really attitude-y about it. That's when I'm like, uh, like that stuff is out of the service control. But acknowledging a table and speed of service, like acting like you care, not being on your phone, that kind of thing, because you are at your job. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to make it easier for you. But that's kind of those are my main things, Amy. I mean, you've been out with me, you know, <laughs> you've seen me get annoyed. Um, so I don't know if that's like those are picadillos or if those are just like the base level expectation. I mean, I guess 
making me wait for refills being a thing that annoys me is for sure specific to me because I'm sure other people don't care or aren't as addicted to coffee as I am. But yeah, I just, this sounds so gross and I've already said it, but like, just don't make me think about you doing your job. For sure, interact with me. I don't mean disappear and be a ghost. I just mean, don't make me, don't make me clock that you're doing your job poorly. That's it because I just want to have an experience at the restaurant. Clearly I want to interact with people or I, w- I would have ordered food to go or I would have had it delivered to my house or I would have cooked at home. You're going to a restaurant for that experience. Like, you know, I, I just, just don't make me think about you sh- shitting the bed at your job. That's what makes me really mad. Uh, you also said, do you think you're unfair to servers or bartenders? I mean, I've considered myself pretty self-aware and I don't think I'm unfair to them, but maybe if you ask them, you're like, they would say, Oh no, she's terrible. Uh, I don't think I am, but I do think here's where, here's where the bar is unfair. When you as a customer service worker are waiting on other customer service workers, we're going to tip you fat. Anytime I get hooked up with a discount anywhere, I'm overcompensating like an insane person as if the discount just didn't even like, you shouldn't have given me the discount because I'm just going to overcompensate. And we all do that for each other. And as a customer service worker being interacted with by customer service workers, you know that I get it. You know that I've been there. You know that I understand how hard it is. You also know that I've been in an experience where I've been or am currently getting shit on by at least six of my 40 tables. Like you get it. So I give a lot of latitude for someone that I see hustling. So I don't think I'm unfair but I do expect you to do the baseline levels of your job well. And I don't think the metrics are off the charts for what I expect. I mean, y'all can tell me what are your, I don't know, audience. What are you, what do you hold servers and bartenders to? I, I just, the standard of service for me is communication, speed, and kindness. I mean, those feel pretty basic, but I will say I also think I'd like to think that I almost give more latitude for you to be bad at your job because I'm like, well, you know, they're probably really overwhelmed or they probably have too many tables or I'll make excuses up in my head that you didn't ask me to give you that I'm like, well, this is what has to have happened or this is also what like I don't know that any of that is true, but I'll just give you those that latitude because I think, well, that job is really hard because it is. But what isn't hard is the stuff that I hold you to that expectation, I think. Uh, and then you said, if so, is it because you did the job? Sure. I'm absolutely certain that my interpretation of customer service is colored by the fact that I know how to do the job. It's, it would be like if, um, I don't know what's an equipment, like a teacher, if a teacher went in to observe a classroom and she had been a teacher for 20 years and she sees that this teacher is just not doing well with the kids and is, she's like giving a report back to the school of like, well, you know, she didn't do X, Y, Z. I think that it can be, you can sometimes be too hard, but you also know what goes into the job. So you know what things are easy to accomplish. It is easy to communicate that you're going to be slow. It is easy to make sure refills are taken care of. Even if you're slammed, you can just say, hey, I'll give you five bucks. Can you just make sure that table always has drinks? And you, it's easy to be kind. It's easier to be kind than it is to be shitty. Also, you can do, you can do any other job. 
There are so many jobs available to you that don't involve interacting with a human at all. You could work from home. You could enter numbers into a spreadsheet. You don't even need a degree for that. And you don't ever have to interact with people. I will never understand the people that choose customer service who objectively hate human beings or are agoraphobic or have some sort of aversion to the job. It's like there are actually easier jobs that don't even involve you getting into a car or even owning a car where you can make maybe not equivalent money, but you can make money. Like, I guess that's my thing. If you're doing the job, I whatever. Now I'm being unfair. That's unfair. That's unfair because I don't know people's circumstances. Whatever. Sorry, Amy. I feel like I told you. Just don't be slow. Keep my bean water coming. And don't charge $6 billion. Like, if, if you're going to charge me Michelin cost, give me Michelin food and service. And don't charge me for every time you put the bean water back in my cup. That's it. Those are the letters this week. Thanks for sharing TND about your experience. Like I said, I'm really sorry that happened. Bob, thanks for emailing. I hope I answered your question. And Amy, thanks for writing in. And yeah, thank you so much for all of these letters and all the letters that keep coming. And even just the the very, very sweet emails we get of people saying that they enjoy the show, especially if you are a friend of a guest, which has happened a lot. And we just, we read them all and they really do matter. So thank you so much for that communication. And if you yourself want to send in a listener letter, you can just tell us a story as you saw T&D did. You don't always have to ask a question. But our email address is servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We really appreciate the listener letters. And yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Find us on all the socials at Service From Help and find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Gaffney. We really appreciate our patrons and get ready for your bonus content. Okay. Thank you folks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good night.